everyone. Welcome to the Wicked Show. Here we're going to be talking about wicked problems, wicked people, and wicked ways in which they solved it. Um, so, what is a wicked problem? Uh, wicked problems is another way to put it is complex problems. Complex societal problems are not just complicated, but they have interlinkages. They are long term, and it takes a lot of factors to change things. That's why they are complex. Whereas a complicated problem. may have several strands to it and you can solve them one by one and it will get resolved over a period of time in complex problems the cause and effect uh, could be circular for example uh, ill health leads to poverty and sometimes poverty leads to ill health so that's a classic complex problem for you you can't just work on one part of the problem second is uh, no one person uh, can solve the problem it takes a whole range of stakeholders who either contribute or be affected by it or can affect it all are needed to solve that complex problem thirdly these problems take time to resolve early child marriage is a classic case you cannot change social norms overnight and you have to chip at it and you have to create the environment where this changes happen and that's why these are called as complex or wicked problems we're going to be talking to a really interesting set of wicked people i call them wicked simply because they are the people who decided that these wicked problem are my problem i'm going to take them on so uh, i'm going to be presenting to you a series of people in the show who have uh, who have tried to and are solving some of the complex societal problems they are extremely brave people they are not the kind of ones who are going to win a padma bhushan or be given a gallantry award but they deserve that and more and i hope through the show i am able to showcase to you the heroines and the heroes who do this and do it quietly and do it without much expectation and even more important beyond this uh, individuals and uh, teams who are doing these things is how are they going about it and you will see that there are some commonality and there are some wonderful individual sparks each of them bring uh, to to the problem that they are solving and that's what is going to make the show very interesting people i'm going to be now inviting today my first guest for the show and it's a great honor for me to invite my friend colleague and a long term partner in my many many uh, ventures together and many of his ventures to uh, n ragunathan uh, who is the co-founder of the catalyst group engineer by profession and uh, has many many accolades to his uh, name which he will not name so i'm going to be putting across to you who he is um you know post his engineering i think uh, you know ragu had many choices to make uh, he could have uh, gone down the classical mba route um, and uh, two of his brothers uh, did the same and are super successful in the corporate world uh, he could have done the same thing uh, while their journeys are extraordinary in its own way Raghu chose a very different path because of who he is, which is he went down uh, studying rural development and social development in Irma, and I was lucky to have him as my batchmate. And then later on, he joined a farmers cooperative called Karnataka Oil Seeds Federation, and then we co-founded Catalyst Group together. And it's been a thirty-year journey which I've thoroughly enjoyed, and I have the absolute pleasure, Raghu, of welcoming you to the show. thank you for agreeing to doing it i know uh, you're not uh, like me super comfortable talking about yourself but today we're going to talk about your work thanks uh, thanks shiv uh, thanks for uh, inviting me and uh, 
Uh, and first of all, I think uh, wonderful to have uh, known you. Um, uh, it's now three decades. I would say that you should be the first one on this uh, show because you've been trying to work with me and solve this problem of working with me. And uh, wonderful to have. And then uh, great, uh, great to look at the purpose of this uh, uh, this uh, uh, show. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, what you talked about this whole thing about uh, the social issues and complexity. And uh, it's extremely important uh, in this context currently. And then where we are trying to um, find solutions, use technology, scale, et cetera. So uh, how do we look at this whole entire uh, social space? Are we bold enough to take some of those? I think in this context, uh, it's extremely important that uh, we look at uh, wicked uh, problems and wicked solution, uh, and solutions and wicked people. Uh, uh, thanks for doing that. and. Uh, uh, it's it's a uh, it's highly important currently where uh, we are all going into some simplistic view, and sometimes say that uh, people have a uh, have a problem of uh, not going deep because of the, uh, the laziness in thinking or fear of thinking deep. Uh, that that's that's I think is where uh, we try to solve what we can, but whereas what it takes to solve is where the wickedness comes. And thanks for doing that. And uh, we also see that it's going to be a series. And uh, really honored to be here and uh, to be with you. And uh, thanks for that. Absolutely, Raghu. Uh, no, again, um, uh, I can't uh, think of anybody in the social development field who's such a pillar and a, a giant, but a gentle giant who would never put yourself in the front. So uh, rather than take my own colleague for granted, I would like to begin with you because of the huge respect I have. And uh, can I begin by asking you to kind of retrace um, some of your big milestones in your career, you know, uh, where did you begin and where are you now? Yeah, basically, the uh, when I reflect back, it was uh, never anything by design. I think uh, when I reflect back, I think it's about uh, it's about the people around you who shaped me. Uh, that's what I think it's uh, one single uh, thread which uh, continues to provide me uh, a big kind of an, uh, hope and uh, opportunity to sort of uh, how to solve uh, bigger problems as you move forward, because when you're getting shaped and then it's basically the people around you. So the first set goes back to my family early days. Uh, it was my grandma and uh, my father, particularly, um, when uh, they, they sort of, uh, the way they led their lives, it's not that they did some uh, social impact as an employment, it's that the way they uh, led their lives, uh, helping the villagers in a weekly shandy uh, to be able to provide that space in the town and coming there without any hesitation. And uh, most importantly for my grandmother, what I learned was that uh, she always says that, um, uh, why, why these people are, uh, you're allowing these people into your house. They say that, okay, you look at your own fingers. There are uh, five fingers, each one is of different uh, a different size, but all of them are required to make it work. I think that's what that's how the people are. Everybody is different, but we all need to work together. I think this uh, always reminds me. And then, of course, my dad, uh, who used to, I think, one of the postgraduates at the early times, uh, very, very in uh, uh, 60s, uh, 50s and 60s. And uh, he used his uh, capability to sort of uh, try to uh, help people, uh, including a sign of a signature as a gazetted officer to uh, helping people with, uh, uh, nowadays we call it social protection, etc. He used to just uh, do it as what is available from the government, what is available from various people, helping them with career. Uh, filling up applications, finding out colleges, etc. I never thought that there was a difference between uh, social impact and then employment and the life. And then life itself can be a, uh, socially impactful is what I learned from both of them. Thank my uh, dad for that. 
but uh, yeah, that's what is shaped in the, in the initial years. Another second set was about uh, clearly the milestone of the school. Uh, I think the kind of school in which I was there was a residential come uh, uh, as kind of a day scholars and residential together. And one of those uh, unique schools in Tamil Nadu because we, it came to our district because uh, we were one of the uh, uh, one of the least developed uh, districts and the recently formed districts in seventies, early seventies. So this came up as a model school in which we had an excellent uh, kind of a diverse set of people coming from across the state, and. Uh, that's where we learned this uh, thing about uh, you know, there are people from the villages, there are people from different uh, communities coming together. Uh, that's where this whole diversity and uh, that's where we started talking about uh, uh, caste and uh, particularly the uh, the way society is uh, formed. So, so a lot of people coming in, but then uh, it was all about uh, how the society is fit and uh, my initial exposure to uh, Peria uh, happened there. I used to debate quite a bit, public debates, and I used to write, I used to write uh, poems and all that. Uh, it was always about uh, social issues. So that was the second one. And then we had this kind of a friends out there who were willing to sort of uh, come, come home, uh, go around, chat, etc. And the second stream of work is about uh, my uh, uh, sports and games. Uh, I used to lead teams in uh, cricket, hockey, football uh, from district level and also played in the state level games, etc. That is the second one because when you work together, I think this team of uh, working with them. I think these two things which was very important. Wonderful. From what I hear from you, it's the people uh, who shaped you. It is also the situations that you were in, whether it's a school, and it's the kind of activities that uh, you were involved in, uh, which has shaped you. Uh, no, thanks for that, Raghu. And uh, I, I think through all that, I, I would uh, suspect there was a deep sense of ability to learn and humility probably helped you too. Uh, because without that, uh, you know, the same people were available, same situations are available to everybody, right? But uh, it's uniquely shaped you. So I want to explore that a little bit more. I want to jump straight in to ask you what kind of wicked problems really interest you and why? Yeah, so um, a couple of uh, uh, things as, we, as it got shaped, I think two important things which come up. That's where uh, I'm looking through the uh, through this lens is one is about the agri engineering which uh, you talked about i think it was a it was a fantastic course in which uh, we studied uh, five different engineering um, uh, civil mechanical chemical electrical and uh, uh, on this whole uh, uh, bioenergy etc and then uh, what we had to do is that uh, we had to solve the problem in agriculture right using this engineering so so uh, uh, whenever uh, there is a solution uh, to an agriculture into a either a <coughs> either a uh, uh, farm practices or a bio farm for energy or it's about uh, food processing. I think we used to uh, sort of work together through different lenses of uh, engineering and then say that whether this particular solution can be found and then can be applied to this particular situation. I think that was one big uh, 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 big shaping which has happened. And then the, 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 the final part of my uh, schooling and the college journey was uh, interactions with Dr. Kurian uh, in uh, Irma. Uh, one of the things when we were discussing in the canteen, um, uh, sort of uh, surrounding him and then sort of uh, he keeps asking these questions, he loves interacting with students because he always felt that uh, it is at the time the college and uh, school where you can actually shape this thinking, not into the uh, into this and a particular experience. So he asked us, boss, all these are fine. I think these are engineers. I think we set up a lot of engineers there. Uh, when you solve a problem, why don't you solve, solve that problem for the people? Can we not put the solution uh, rather than an engineering solution at the center? Can you put people at the center? Then your solutions will be quite different. 
I think that was very, very important and a very strong statement. And that's where I found out a bulk milk cooler, which is a 5,000 liter capacity in a dairy industry is not adequate or it's not even appropriate to somebody who's operating at a 20 liter capacity. But uh, that person also requires the same chilling requirements to operate in that thing. That's how the thinking of uh, solutions which are integrated coming from the agri-engineering, right? And then uh, uh, a kind of a uncompromising compassion coming from the school and the family and putting that solution with uncompromising compassion onto people is something coming from uh, Dr. Kurian is, is, is very, very important. So when I, when I just go back and look at it, always this question comes up, am I solving problem for the people? And then am I solving the problem which is uh, which is sort of uh, it can be multi uh, multi faceted multi dimensional but am i looking at it and third one is uh, if somebody comes to us or do i see it i think i think without any compromise am i able to put that compassion on i think that is very very important so therefore to, uh, uh, when we started uh, together i think uh, on on a consulting route right which is a easier uh, intellectual capital no financial capital uh, and it gives us freedom, right? It continues to give us freedom. The first one is I've taken on the uh, idea of how do we solve the, the problems of small producers, right? That is one, whether it's a small farmer, whether it is a micro, small and medium enterprise, or it is about uh, uh, marginalized communities who are trying to get a livelihood. So to me, I think it is about uh, how do we solve um, uh, the entrepreneurship issues, right? For small producers, that is one area which we are uh, looking at. The second set is also I've been uh, working on evidence for quite long. So how do we crack mixed methods, right? So it's about uh, in evidence, which is very important for policy making, very, uh, very important for various uh, uh, programmatic investments, uh, decisions, etc. Uh, how do we get the qualitative expert? I'm systematic uh, review expert. I'm a policy research expert. But then again, going back to the same thinking is that how do we bring everything together and then sort of uh, uh, how do you mix and make sense? That was my second uh, big area. Third area is that uh, when you're talking about uh, particularly people who are left out in the society or in the market, it is about their uh, agency, but their individual agency is very difficult to achieve. Therefore, they need collectives. I think we have been working on collectives. Now, collective voice and collective strength is now becoming like a normal collective institution without those uh, key essence of it. So how do you make these collectives uh, to be able to take uh, things forward. That is a, that's my third big area sort of uh, working on. And the fourth one, when I sort of engaged with uh, many people who are leaders like uh, uh, Dr. Vanajar Ramprasad or uh, uh, Vivekanandan or people like them. So these are all individuals with uh, extremely uh, deep perspective of an issue, right? With Malaya. How do you sort of leverage their strength and uh, we don't uh, lose them in the sector, right? Uh, they're all individuals. They try to run institutions, but then uh, how do you institutionalize that uh, in the social sector, right? It's not just organization, institutionalize their thinking. So that's some of the leaders who are very deep leaders. Fifth one, which is uh, very, very bothering, you know, the terms which are used in the sector at the same time, the way it is taken is about scaling, right? Uh, what do we scale? And uh, while scaling with this aspirations for scaling and uh, ambitions for scaling, what is its core and the essence which we are losing while scaling, right? Those core and essence which are impactful, which is bringing the impact, are we diluting that? So when I look through all this and then uh, put back uh, with my uh, thinking and uh, how I am shaped over a period of time, I think it's about the people, right? Yeah, a, a researcher with a particular perspective will make evidence work in a mixed method, right? Uh, a, a technology uh, agency like uh, National Dairy Research Institute, 
while developing a technology will miniaturize it if they are able to have that perspective that I have to do inclusive entrepreneurship, or not just entrepreneurship. So to me, therefore, the people becomes very important. People with the not just passion, it is also with perspective, right? So therefore, many times when we talk about the social issues, people first dismiss it, right? When we talked about manual scavengers in Madhya Pradesh, right? These all nothing. I think you're all creating. First one, dismiss it. Second one is even if they start acknowledging that, they start judging it. Right. And the third set is that, okay, now they say, that, okay, beyond judgment, they say that, okay, it is there. So start uh, thinking and then let me understand this. They understand from their own lens. Right. He's saying that, okay, the solving is that give them microfinance. Right. This is one way. And then, because I know about microfinance, therefore the solution can be microfinance. But the fourth one, very important, is that am I learning with them? Right. That is a fourth stage. And the fifth one is am I working with them to find a solution, which is whatever it takes to bring that solution from the ecosystem, not just that. So this set of things, if a person is ready and uh, has this perspective while having the passion to bring a change, that is where I think we are. So therefore people to me is extremely important as I come in, therefore we'll be able to solve that. That's how the overall, uh, uh, overall thing to me is not just one, I just taken that entrepreneurship, but then within that, if you look at various things, there are evidences, there are, uh, so at the end of it, it's about people. Uh, to me, that's, that's important. I think uh, it's fascinating that you laid out quite a few few uh, things in front of us, um, you know, uh, small holders, um, as you call them, uh, the people uh, that you work with, or the methodologies, or the kind of institution building which is required, uh, all are important. And uh, that's exactly why uh, wicked problems need uh, multiple approaches, right? And uh, Raghu, I, I want to I want the audience to understand a little bit more in detail. Could we take one of your people at the center example? Um, and uh, answer just three questions for us. Why was that problem so important to you, right? And secondly, uh, how did you go about um, solving it? And I know when I say you, it's obviously not just you. You know, you you use your agency and your networks and organizations to do it. And thirdly, uh, what did you succeed, and what are what are your failures, right? What are where did you trip? and continue to be frustrated, if any. Yeah, sure, yeah, Th thank you. So first of all, I think uh, just to qualify that, uh, still a journey, no success yet, <laughs> which uh, which uh, uh, which I would say that me and my team, including you, are uh, are satisfied with fully, right? Because we know that uh, these problems uh, still exist. So I would like to take uh, one example, which is, uh, which is extremely inspiring for us, is to, or, or uh, I think uh, where you are, you are the main, uh, person behind it was uh, our work with sex workers. Uh, I think uh, this is very important uh, uh, and how, how we sort of went about going uh, going about uh, solving that or trying to solve that. I think the, to me, I think uh, uh, the sex workers, uh, thinking about sex workers uh, uh, came up in, uh, in the context of HIV. Uh, so when it started coming in, I think uh, one of the things which I heard you saying is that uh, they were considered as uh, reservoirs of uh, HIV. Right, uh, I think not as uh, another set of human beings or fellow human beings. I think therefore this whole idea of a targeted intervention, which is that it has achieved a lot of uh, lot of uh, outcomes. Uh, but uh, I always had, I think we had a lot of arguments and uh, uh, counters on that. Is about uh, uh, what is the target and who's the target and uh, uh, how is it being. Like? We talked about again, uh, HIV has to be controlled, prevented. Right, therefore these four components, and then you go and target. Right. Uh, fantastic. There's some way of doing that. And uh, and it's across the world, right? It can be in same Africa and same in India 
everything so i think i think we are able to achieve certain things but uh, when we were uh, thinking i think we were working uh, very closely on that uh, almost uh, every every state in the country right with uh, truckers with uh, sex workers with transgender etc i think the looking at scaling up in uh, bangalore uh, city uh, when you say that this target interventions we've been uh, working with them and then we interacted with those 13 uh, women leaders uh, who came in uh, i think there was a point when uh, uh, when we were discussing three days of uh, uh, very intense uh, consultations and said that can we scale up and uh, we cannot uh, scale up by ourselves we work with you and then sort of we scale up i think i think at the end of second day or third day i think this came up is that uh, what do you want to scale up do you want to scale up uh, uh, targeted intervention or you want to uh, solve the problems which we face i think that was the biggest question so then say that what is the problem you say that um, just imagine so it's not that we don't know about uh, about uh, the the solutions which you are talking about like change in the behavior or a condom or a sti referral or uh, working with uh, stakeholders just go back and say why are we here in this uh, in this uh, uh, livelihood option uh, and then um, uh, it, it's about uh, it's about our uh, vulnerability of economic situation there right and this this uh, this option which is what is available to us and second thing is how do we operate right so we operate in the on the streets of, uh, early mornings late nights can we uh, can we look at uh, uh, some sort of find a solution in which uh, you're able to sort of uh, take away the uh, uh, when when i am on the street uh, any time in the day any part of the city uh, when i sort of uh, selling my body to a client and then a client is giving me money um, can you find a way in which i can save that money in a safe place right and uh, then get the money to me when i need it right before it is taken by a gunda or by a regulatory body right and uh, and that is important to us i said why is that important he's saying that i am into this uh, thing because of a livelihood uh, uh, requirement and then this money is very important if money is available then i can negotiate condoms right i can negotiate and then i can uh, follow this uh, uh, safe sex behavior so this was very very important to us he's saying that then we went ahead and said that, okay this is something let's look at it so we went and started saying that are there any banks in the world right every bank is sort of institutionalized everything which can provide a safe savings at any time any place right and uh, uh, even though whatever is the money it's not a minimum balance or whatever it is and then able to deliver back right without without any kind of a cost or any place there not none was available but it was most important if you want to achieve the outcome if you want to uh, address the issues for the for that human being and then consider them as a human being and i say that this was very important so that's where we started saying that can we create something right and who are the best people to do it are the people who uh, who are those uh, women so that's how the idea of this uh, model of a financial security in a hiv came in today we are talking about 8000 9000 odd women coming together having their own uh, uh, cooperative and then this cooperative is not just a finance cooperative because this finance is an instrument to be able to empower these people in that pathway towards hiv prevention and a better quality of life right so therefore it works not just if otherwise it becomes a microfinance institution delivering what it can deliver rather than what people require right today i can proudly say that this particular organization has a product financial product where there is zero cost for uh, uh, zero cost for collection and a zero cost for delivery a particular set of uh, product which is we call it swati sarala right which is a very simple product but because that that to them a you know, product which gives you 15% 18% return is less impactful than the one which gives this uh, simple no cost no uh, break even kind of an operation because that takes them towards the pathway of the so now adding on again there are their aspirations 
They, they don't want their uh, next generation to be in the sex world. That's their choice, right? So now what do we do? They require diversified livelihoods. They require protection. They require uh, future investment. All these are important while they deal with the ecosystem of uh, engaging with the regulatory bodies, policymakers, etc. Today, we can say that uh, we have come a long way, almost like uh, 20 years. And uh, this 20 years close to is that uh, success of those communities. And uh, it is very important uh, and uh, it should be acknowledged that uh, they provided us opportunity to be with them and uh, learn and co-create. And uh, what helped us was that we were quite open to say that, okay, we are a health, uh, uh, health agency, so we won't do it. Or we are uh, this agency, we don't do it. But uh, this is required for the people. I think that is something which is uh, very, very important. Uh, and uh, it goes with the uh, kind of uh, uh, community leaders' uh, conviction and uh, their openness to sort of find solutions and uh, providing us opportunity to be a part of this journey. Uh, still, not yet over. Um, many more. Uh, I think the key to sustainability is that uh, the, the original leaders to the second line to the third line, I think we are in the second line to the third line. I think uh, that is something which will be a test of uh, this particular institution. That's something which uh, every day inspires and then gives a hope that uh, if the right leaders are there and the uh, right kind of facilitation is possible, and uh, uh, then, then we'll have uh, some pathway to solve these very complex issues there. Thank you, Raghav. Um, I, I think the, the journey with uh, sex workers, their financial security, uh, building an institution for them, and uh, making it work for them, and uh, basically going to the fundamental of why HIV even uh, affects them. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful way that uh, you're contrasted two approaches, uh, which is if your solution is going to be around the system, then you are treating them for STI, condoms, and behavior change. Whereas when you sit with the community and talk to them, find out the core issues and solve it for them, with them, uh, then you're saying it's much more deeper, long-term, and more impactful. Uh, would that be a fair summary? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, and uh, while finding that solution, it may not be in the in the department in which <laughs> this particular thing can be solved or the instruments which you are using. So that is where the uh, where this uh, verticalized ways of uh, uh, scale through verticals, core competencies, etc. While they have their own uh, space, where it gets integrated and uh, how do we sort of take that? Yes, uh, thanks. Thanks for summarizing that. I think that, that that's something very key. Yeah. Where does this uh, agility come for you? Because as an engineer, I would have expected you to go serially and uh, think through the problem serially and find the solution one at a time. Uh, so where does this um, social and mental agility come for you to look at the problem from a, a different point of view? This is like almost playing chess, uh, but from the other person's side, right? Um, you, 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 your brain has to work very differently. Where does that come from? No, two things. I think the uh, the the, the uh, what do you call skills through engineering. I think provided uh, something which is that you can be you can find solutions for anything. Right? So that's something which I always say. You always as an engineer, you always find a solution. So it brings in a lot of application of science. Uh, I think that's very very important. So while we apply the science, I think rather than just applying uh, uh, on that, if we go back and say that what is a what is that element of that science. Which being said, that's why my theory of change in I talk about uh, in uh, development sector, I always say that what is the theory, not the action. Action comes. Uh, if the theory is bad, action will lead to something which is uh, which is not intended. Uh, if the theory is good, so they always look for the theory and then apply it. I think that is one thing which uh, that's why if you look at the agriculture engineering, I think it has a lot of science 
start with physics, it tells us chemistry. And then on chemistry, it puts a food processing. And then uh, it actually puts a chemical engineering and then the food processing, right? So uh, I never realized that um, it was like, uh, I, I always complained that it was like a five-year course and uh, seven to five every day. And then we have a trimester system. There was only a college at that time. Uh, it was a trimester system. We have a announced quiz, announced quiz, midterm, practical, final. Like, it's a, uh, it's like a 24 by seven, you have to be absolutely uh, clear on what's coming up to you. And if you want to really learn, right? And you can always uh, say that it's another college and then you can enjoy and move. But if you want to just look at, but at the time it was also saying that why 13 courses in mathematics, right? Then I went back and say that uh, every formula is a, a good scale up uh, model, right? A formula is a scale up model, right? Uh, if I go back and look at it, what is, uh, X and Y, and why is it combined? What are the factors? So these are all things which come up. I think a lot of reflection during uh, when we uh, we were uh, sort of uh, put on a situation. So that 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 is one part. And the second part is about uh, uh, some of the courses in Irma, which talks about rural environment and production system, common property management. Right? We always felt that these are all uh, what do you call very soft and uh, not so important courses. Right? And the organizational development. I just go back and look at it. Many of these have provided saying that uh, was a solution at a family level is not that easy because it is towards a common property. It's about rural environment, the production system, etc. So two things. One is about there are the things like there's a science and then the apply and then application will take us uh, to the solution. And second one is that it is at multiple layers when we talk about the people in that, right? I think these two combined together is something which... Uh, so the, the skill of uh, actually cutting down into pieces, right? That's at, uh, I call it uh, mutually exclusive pieces and then collectively exhaustive pieces, right? So uh, that is something we have to keep on working, right? We say that suddenly one new thing comes. We know that which part of that has to be fitted or if it is not fitting, can I, can I expand that canvas, right? Because I cannot take out the problem and change it just because something new has come. If you're able to keep that problem and the problem for the people and then open to this, I think that's the kind of skill which has come. So the dynamism is that uh, if you're, clear about the center and you're clear about the what system you're working and open to uh, sort of adjust that, uh, then it's quite uh, easy to solve it. I think uh, that is where, uh, uh, that's where I think uh, the comfort is also that uh, whatever you sort of uh, put out as a challenge, in fact, additional challenge comes, that inspires. So, right. right. Um, I want to go back to something you keep saying in uh, many occasions. Um, uh, while you're saying my mental agility is also a combination of science and uh, constantly looking at it uh, uh, and the confidence to solve it um, and, and also the multiple ways in which you look at it. I, I want to go back to uh, something you keep saying, which is uh, what is your intention? Right. Um, could you talk a little bit more? Why is it so important? It looks so obvious. You know, if you don't have an intent, you don't do anything. Uh, why is that so important? Uh, to me, I think uh, any solution can be uh, made successful uh, and also can be uh, sort of communicated well, uh, successfully. Um, uh, and you have to just go back and know why people are doing that. Right. And uh, once you start that why, then we know. Like uh, uh, this is my personal view about uh, some of the some of the solutions which we have, right? Uh, um, so in uh, in uh, uh, so operational self sufficiency as an indicator, right? Uh, in a microfinance institution, is is uh, is wonderful to get because it's extremely important that uh, the institution survives and then the return to the investor is extremely important. These are two things, right? We can make this successful. 
But the question comes in is that what is the intent of microfinance institution? Right? The intent of microfinance institution, if it is going to be working with the poor, right? and helping them to, so why not it can be an operational self-sufficiency and uh, return on investment for the family, right? And then uh, can we not look at uh, the operational self-sufficiency and the return on investment for the investors of microfinance, yeah? Can this be a combination, right? When I change the intent, right? And therefore the indicators, et cetera, and for the models, et cetera, then uh, today we look at uh, many other institutions can be successful, but when I add this additional intent for which it is set up for, then, uh, then I think most of them has to be uh, looked through very carefully, right? So, uh, what are the change in the model required? What do I make it? I think uh, there are there are uh, plenty of examples there, and uh, uh, fisheries uh, sector we have seen. Um, when we come out with the solution, I think uh, uh, I'll, I'll take one of the examples of uh, technology uh, uh, solution to achieve the livelihood outcomes for artisanal fisher folk. This is one of the very large programs in which I think it's uh, this particular program uh, was extremely successful in coming out with uh, technologies, which are super successful. And what it did was, uh, was uh, this particular technology um, made sure that the fish, which was caught in the, uh, uh, in the uh, landing center goes directly to a market and then eliminating many other people who are artisanal fisher folk in that, right? Uh, so the intent was a technology with helping the people who are, in that particular uh, uh, particular ecosystem, which is a small holder there, then technology helping for fish to be reaching the mind, right? I think the intent has to be made here. So therefore, uh, when we look at uh, project planning, when we talk about evidences, when we talk about theory of change, technology leading to change, but then for whom, right? And then also look at it, what are the other unintended uh, consequences of those? Once you start thinking, then it becomes, that's where the complexity comes, right? Otherwise, within some time, you will not have any artisanal fisher folk being in this value chain at all because the product which is available to them. And why not we create a technology which makes it available to them while it improves the efficiency of the sector, right? That is difficult because then, then you have to start thinking from their lens, right? I don't know about their lens. I know the science lens, right? I don't know people's lens. And then I don't know people and science lens. And then it's not just that I have to also bring in a market. And then because it has to be done with smallholders, I need to bring in institutions because it has to be collectivized. It has to be aggregated. Once we start looking at it, it becomes, it becomes, that is the reality, but it becomes this This across any anybody who's marginalized. I think it's not just that. It's, it's about the people. It's about the system around it. And those are the things which sort of uh, uh, we grapple with on a day-to-day -day basis here. So, so far, um, uh, we've got a model uh, which works uh, at, uh, at a local level. Uh, we got about 10,000 to 12,000 uh, uh, farmers. Uh, and it also has uh, what are the kind of services which need to be there, what are the kind of people who can deliver those services. And it has reached a level where we can say that about 50% of the farmers, uh, shows in our baseline and midline studies, is that they are able to reach a level of uh, significant increases in income. And those have come from uh, bundled services, not just one of the services. That is very important. The second thing is that these aggregations of the farmers in uh, at least about uh, three or four of these locations, where it has reached a level that they themselves can take care of 75% of the costs for facilitation. So these two are very important. The, the work in process is uh, our technology solution, which need to address the bundled services in a marketplace. I think there the, uh, uh, the pathway is uh, much more. And the uh, fourth one is we are also working on the societal platform as a uh, as a methodology in which it can get into a scale. So the technology solution aiding this uh, model and the societal platform as an approach to take it to scale are the two areas which uh, is a big work in process. 
but the model of uh, delivering services and uh, making that change uh, through a bundle services we are able to ensure is something which is uh, uh, reasonably achieved. Wonderful, Raghav. I want to uh, turn to your funny bone side. Um, I, I know you have a, a terrific sense of humor, although you work on some of the most difficult issues. Tell me about a really funny incident, uh, which may not have been funny when it happened, but uh, you look back and you, uh, you know, laugh or uh, smile. What would that? Funny. Uh, that that's that's one of the problems for me. <laughs> it's not uh, not something. Uh, which I see it, I, I would say that's something which is, uh, which is a lot of assumptions which we, uh, which we mm. make it. Uh, I think a lot of things have happened uh, uh, during my training, uh, the famous training, which everybody used to sort of uh, run away with. I, I sort of trained close to about 500 organizations on result-based management. Uh, so I think that's where uh, we get excellent feedback uh, from people and all that. Uh, but when I go to their uh, organization, not even one was able to Sort of recollect what was uh, what was uh, done in those uh, in those intense three days uh, setting. So that is one of the reasons I sort of uh, stopped the training. Um, uh, it it was it was quite funny when uh, when we asked them and then they give uh, answers which are completely off from what are the original uh, essence of that. Uh, but then uh, every time I hear that, I think you go back and look at what can work there. So I would say that it's largely about uh, my own assumptions, which I come back and uh, say that okay, this is. Uh, this is wonderful. I think I thought is uh, the best one, but uh, never happened. And then those uh, those answers are all completely uh, sort of all sides. Otherwise, sort of we started working with people and then sort of showed that training itself as a as a methodology for me. Yeah. Okay. So in the next segment is going to be a little bit of a rapid fire, uh, which uh, you know you should have no problem at all. You're a rapid fire guy. So I'm going to throw some questions at you and I'm going to give you two diverse choices. You need to choose one and then quickly tell me why. Mm -hmm. You game for it? Okay. All right. right. I, have every <laughs> I have to take notes, but anyway, let me try. <laughs> yeah. it'll, be, it'll be quite easy. All you need to give, give it is a bit of focus. Yeah. So the choices are binary. So make your choice and tell me why. Yeah. All right. Theory of change or academic research papers. Theory of change. Um, why? 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 Because uh, I think uh, the, I, I keep talking about the people and the perspective. I think the theory of change uh, brings that. And uh, many times if the theory of change is bad, then the papers can be bad, yeah, whether it be academic or uh, anything. I think uh, to me, the, the starting point and the critical point is the theory of change and then everything is built on. And it's not easy. Uh, the perspective about theory of change still has to be developed. All right. Firing people or Changing them. Changing them uh, solidly. Uh, I always say that uh, uh, why, why fire people? Only if there is an intent, intent issue. Uh, if there is no intent issue, uh, then it's be with intent. Yes, certainly fire. But if there's not intent, then work with them because uh, that's where we also change along with them. And then say we find something which is uh, far better than what we could have done it by ourselves. Okay. Dal Makani or Rasam? Ah, this is a difficult choice. <laughs> uh, it's about the, it's about uh, having both, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's a it's a lovely uh, kind of a, a one north one south, <laughs> and uh, and uh, different tastes and uh, and uh, yeah, any day. But uh, yeah, you gotta yeah. choose one. You have to choose ah, one. I'll choose dal makhani. Yeah. 
Dal Makhani, interesting. <laughs> so what's your favorite uh, travel uh, spot, whether you're gone or you dream of going? I like the place. So I went to uh, this, this place called Masanagudi in uh, near, uh, I think it's the foothills of uh, Uti. Uh, weather, yeah. I like that place uh, because uh, again, um, uh, that is one of those uh, places I went uh, with my family. And um, mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, uh, it's not just the, uh, the the place where we are staying. It's also we went around in the place and then I sort of uh, found uh, excellent uh, kind of creative work by those people there on the thing. And then I was just saying that's a kind of a place where uh, very nice people, uh, creative work, uh, and uh, the place is uh, peaceful and uh, gives you a lot more uh, sort of uh, uh, feel with nature. Yeah, I love that place. Okay. Choice, again, friend or colleague? A colleague being a friend, a friend being a colleague. <laughs> no, you have to choose one. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> I would go for a friend. Um, yeah, I'll go for a friend and uh, yeah, like you, a friend and then being a colleague. Yeah. Okay. Make them a colleague later. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> that is easier uh, because your friend, I think the person will be quite open both ways, right? <laughs> yeah, friend always. Tell me the uh, conflict you love to avoid. Uh, anything, anything which... Uh, which I find this is that um, being done intentionally, and then uh, uh, I face this a lot of difficulties, even in uh, grant management by some of the partners, and uh, and uh, uh, and uh, twisting of some of the reports and all that. I think I think uh, it, it's about uh, when there is an intent, and then trying to use their capability to sort of uh, figure it out. I think I find it uh, extremely difficult, and uh, and the pe people being disrespectful for uh, others, and. Uh, that, that's that's I, uh, I I'll tell them straight, uh, but then uh, you know the you know the what has happened in uh, early two thousand. So yeah, but some of them I just avoid. I can't I can't face them. Difficult. Okay, Raghu, what's the worst business advice you ever got? Worst business advice. Work on one thing. Sorry. Work on work on one thing which you are good at. <laughs> tell me more. What's wrong with work on one thing? Uh, this, this is where I think uh, go back to this whole. Uh, it's a simplistic thinking. Uh, then what is uh, that's why just looking at uh, uh, when, when we uh, I can work on something which uh, I'm good at, but then uh, does, is it does it help? Right? It can help me, but uh, does it help the cause in which I'm trying to work on? Uh, there's a big difference in that impact space on that. Uh, so I keep getting from a lot of people that uh, don't do all this. It's too complex and uh, uh, stuff. So do one thing which you're good at. I think why don't we make that one thing as making a change to the communities? And that one thing then I can work on. Uh, but uh, otherwise this uh, one thing you are good at is something which I don't, uh, I thought was the worst one. And then comes from a perspective which is not very, uh, very strong, yeah. Right, what is the place you learn from? What is that, uh, um, I won't say one thing now. What, what is, yeah. what and how do you learn? No, my learning largely comes from uh, uh, other people. Um, so I, I, I read uh, very less, um, uh, books are uh, limited. So I generally, uh, interactions with people. So to me, I think that's uh, very, very important. 
and listening to people um, um, and they talk. Then what I do is that uh, many times I, when our people look at a, uh, I sort of listen. One good thing is about I listen and then take notes. And uh, this, this is where I sort of learn and then go back and uh, uh, three times, four times uh, look at it. And then I try to uh, find the ways in which I can understand that. Uh, that's why this whole frameworks come up in many places. And then when I find over a period of time, these frameworks are applicable in many places. Um, the same framework which uh, we use, I think one of those uh, which we talked about on the uh, DNA of sustainable development, right? This was, uh, I had written somewhere around 2004-05 uh, when we talk about a combination of uh, four things, right? Power of the state, efficiency of the market, uh, strength of the communities and uh, reach of the facilitator, right? People talk about Samaj, Sarkar, Bazaar, etc. The early days when you look at it, I think when you talk about moving from a poverty reduction to a wealth creation, right? And then moving from what uh, integrated, what you can move from a family, from individual to a family, and then the community. We talked about this, right? I think that is that is something which uh, uh, which comes from uh, looking at multiple places and uh, yeah, uh, listening and framing, reframing, and then uh, uh, again listening is something where I get the energy first and then also learning for the right. Yeah. Right. And what keeps you awake at night, Raghu? What worries you most? Ah, badly written executive summary and analytical model. And uh, <laughs> this is very, 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 very difficult because many things uh, can get. I think the the issues that uh, so we work on quite a bit on the evidence side. I think uh, taking that casually and then completing it for the task's sake, uh, unacceptable. I can't. Uh, I can't uh, suddenly uh, accept that. So I can't sleep. If uh, you remember that net income study which we worked on, in that uh, I I did a seventy-two hour full time. So uh, my wife, uh, Shubha was the completely in the same place, 22 hours, I had to crack that and then make sure that all this data is right. And she was like feeding at this uh, table, but we have to do that because I can't sleep. I can't sleep uh, if that is something there. Uh, yeah, as, as we keep uh, scaling, I think I'm a bit, uh, little bit diluted on that, uh, worried about it uh, every day, but uh, that's not something which will keep me. And of course, a good cricket match, certainly I'll not sleep. Wonderful. Um, so, Raghu, uh, I mean, this has been a fascinating conversation about what you do and how you do it. Uh, I, uh, as I, as I said, I work with people, and then uh, the the energy comes to me from you, right? I think that's that's very important uh, for me. I think uh, I work at the background, but uh, uh, whether it is uh, each of my initiatives, sort of when we do the mentoring for others or uh, when we work with others, it's about the uh, people whom we work with. Uh, that's what uh, shapes me. And then I think you should be there because uh, whatever I talked about my journey, I think it's uh, uh, almost most of this is attributable to you. Oh, it's our journey, Raghu. It's been a wonderful 30 years. It's been a wonderful conversation that we had today. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope the viewers uh, got a great idea how initial uh, you know, people and processes uh, shaped what you think and how you evolved yourself, how you continue to learn and how uh, your engineering plus other perspectives have helped you look at complex problems in a very different way. And uh, for you not to be shy to take them on, not one, but many, as you rightly said, uh, you're not gonna be working at one solution at a time. It looks like you're not working at one problem at a time either. So uh, our very best wishes to you, Raghu. And I do hope the viewers uh, got an excellent idea of what you do and, uh, you know, uh, look forward to inviting you as a co-panelist with the next three, uh, you know, Wicked shows. Uh, thank you very much for your time and greatly appreciate your thoughts and views.
Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for this opportunity. I think it also provides me uh, some sort of a reflection and then uh, learn from this. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah.